You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Coop. Well, this afternoon, we're going to start on a series. We're going to continue on talking about the Holy Spirit. This month, though, we're going to emphasize power. And really, Alan touched on that word go, and really that's what it's about, power to go. And, of course, we're all familiar with power icons. You've got it on your computer, and I think we have got power on the inside of us. We sang that song at the end here that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is in us. Now, if you just sing and don't think about it, it really it, it kind of can just kind of float in and out. But when you think about it, the same power, not a different power, not half the power, not quarter the power, the same power that what? That raised Christ from the dead. Now, this is not kryptonite. This is not a spider's bite. This is not some kind of superpower like that. We're talking about the power, the power that raised Christ from the dead is in us. That's significant. Now, why did he give us that power? He gave us that power. One of the primary reasons is to be a witness. I'm going to put up this verse, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and we don't have handouts today because I was supposed to do that uh, on my plane flight from the Yukon to Vancouver. But somewhere between Whitehorse and Vancouver, I fell asleep. And... uh, (laughs) And so I said to Cheryl last night, I'll do PowerPoint instead, and uh, actually maybe even works better. So we have the, the scriptures up there. But this looks like an improved version of my PowerPoint. I'm wondering, Matt, did you improve my PowerPoint? Good job. This is way better than what I did. <laughs> Our media team, they, uh, this is H&L PowerPoint. It looks much better than mine. Uh, but this verse is key for this whole month. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. This was the word that the Lord gave them when they were waiting there in Jerusalem, but it's applicable for us today. He empowers us to be a witness. And if you, oh, what is a witness? A witness is somebody who says, I saw an event and here's what took place. Or they, they refer to something. They can testify to it. I've experienced it. I know it. And uh, last night when we had these water baptismal candidates, they were giving testimony or they were giving a witness to what Jesus had done in their life. And if you were here last night, you heard some incredible stories of how God, i actually like to, if I could, even write them out and get them scripted and, and blog it this week because it was just incredible. Incredible stories, uh, a lady from Iran, and how God revealed himself to her was so supernatural. Another lady who was very much involved in New Age and how she discovered, a very educated woman, how she discovered Christ. Another from an atheistic background, very strong against Jesus. And all these people had just an incredible experience of how Jesus revealed himself to them. The Holy Spirit was at work, and they gave witness. They were talking about how uh, Christ said, and they're testifying. They were giving account. If you go on a witness stand, you give an account of what you saw. I was at the accident. Here's what I saw. And you give testimony. Well, all the Lord asks us to do is to say, I want to give testimony to this. One of the things that a witness will do is say, this is truth. This is what I saw. And here's a true fact. Jesus died and Jesus rose again. History will prove that. And we give testimony, give witness to the fact that Jesus really is alive. We do that, how? By the power of the Holy Spirit. When I, was, when I left the farm and I went to work in the oil fields, I was working on a drilling rig, and, and one midnight shift when things were slow, 
And I went up, we called it the doghouse, it was a control room, but I went into this doghouse and I was having my lunch there and the driller, he's like the foreman of the crew, said to me, Dave, you go to church, can you tell me about God? Now, how many would know that'd be a pretty good opportunity to share your faith? I mean, you don't get it much better. And he's a hardened guy, very hardened. And, and uh, I would never, I was surprised he asked me. I wish today, folks, I could tell you that I explained to him how much Jesus loved him and how God had a plan for his life. But I didn't do that. He asked me twice. I closed my lunch bucket and I left that room and I never did tell Val. His name was Val. I never told Val about what I believed. I had enough Christianity to make myself miserable is what I had. I really wasn't living for God. I was kind of lukewarm. Oh, I was lukewarm. And uh, I, I w- had gone to Bible school and got married. And uh, Cheryl and I were now living in, in Calgary. But I, we, we still, I was still, I was bothered by the fact that I really didn't witness or tell people about my faith in Christ. I'd go to church, but it was very much an undercover thing. I really didn't live it out boldly. And uh, so Cheryl and I got talking about it, and I said, you know, really, we should, we should really go full blast for God, or, or what are we doing? And it was at that time the Lord let somebody into our life that was on fire for God, and he shared with us how they encountered the Holy Spirit and how they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And what, a, what an experience it was for us. And uh, he gave us a lot of scriptures, and I was kind of slow to come around to it. And I needed him just to lay it out principle by principle. And we really, you know, the Holy Spirit was there. We had all of the Holy Spirit, but the, I, the Holy Spirit didn't have all of me. And when I said, God, I surrender to you, wow, the Holy Spirit just from within. There was this like a baptism from the inside out. Now, we have a Holy Spirit weekend coming up, right? Alan, when is that? That's this weekend. Is there still room? Okay. You guys, if you have not gone, if there's still room, uh, I encourage you. I highly encourage you. This is, uh, of all the things you do, if you have not been to Holy Spirit Weekend, you say, well, I'm not, I'm not in Alpha, so I don't know if I can go. We, we, will, we, will, uh, we want you there and meet some great people. But more than that, you will, I promise you, you will experience the Holy Spirit in a fresh way. Because you can't talk about the Holy Spirit. You can't be sharing about it, praying for it, and uh, not have the Holy Spirit just be there in such a magnificent way. And I think Nikki Gumbel is probably one of the best that I've heard of anywhere in the world. Read a lot of books. Listen, a lot of speakers. But as far as somebody who just builds your faith, and this, as an Anglican minister, he, he goes through, and he, it's so balanced, it's so strong, it's so down middle of the road, but it's still so Pentecostal in his presentation that when we say, okay, who likes to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's just this gentle breeze of Jesus comes in. And so if you haven't signed up, do that today. Don't miss it. I think we have forums at guest service, correct? Or online, online, either way. But get involved with that. Find a way to get out there. We do it at cost, and uh, it'll be one of the highlights of your year. And if it's not a highlight of the year, I'll refund your money, okay? We'll, I'll refund your money. If you come back and say, I went, and it wasn't the highlight, it wasn't, uh, I, I didn't really sense anything, well, we, we, I'll refund your money. That's the only time I've ever said that. But anyhow, <laughs> you guys, 1230 service always is special, so there you go. Give me something special. Uh, so here Jesus makes it very clear that he gives us the Holy Spirit to have power to witness. After that event, when this couple had prayed for us, the next day, 
Cheryl in her office led a lady to the Lord. And she had worked at Game Petroleum. And in the washroom, she led that lady to the Lord. And uh, the following day, I was visiting uh, with a friend of mine named Jason. And Jason, I had gone to school with him. He was a geologist. We spent two years together. And I'm, again, ashamed to admit, in two years, I'd never invited him to church. I never told him about my faith. I'd kept it all under wraps. But that day, I went to his house, and I knocked on his door, and I said, Jason, i got to talk to you about something. He said, come on in, Dave. What is it? Because we'd done a lot of school projects together. We'd worked on stuff together. And he was, he, was, he was a brilliant guy. And we sat down together, and I said, I have to explain my faith to you. And he came from a different, different country. He had a different religious background. But there that day, tears in his eyes, he accepted Jesus into his life. And I, I didn't know why, but back then I thought everybody who accepted Jesus had to kneel. I said, oh, you got to kneel. you got to kneel by your... <laughs> now, you, it, it's nice, you, but you don't have to kneel. You could, be, you could be standing. You could be parachuting. You could be... I mean, you could accept Jesus anywhere. But I, I, I said, you know, you have to surrender. You have to kneel. And so he did. But Jason gave his life to the Lord. And since then, it's never stopped. God just gave us a boldness to share our faith. I no longer cared what people thought. I didn't keep my happiness in somebody else's head. I wanted to share my faith. And where did it come from? That came from within, the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness. If I look back over my Christian life, and it might be the same for yours, but if I would go back, folks, the highlights of my Christian life are some of those moments where I got to lead somebody to Jesus, or they came to church, or they came to Alpha. And I remember one fellow that we led to the Lord, and he was deeply involved in the occult. He was, he was a warlock, heavily involved in that dark world. But he found Jesus. And the day we prayed for him, and he asked Christ to come to his life, and we renounced the darkness, I felt like I was saved all over again. I can't describe it. It was just such a, a, a sense of God's spirit coming in. There is a literal, tangible anointing and presence of the Spirit of God that's on us. We're going to talk about that a little bit more as we go along this morning. I want to give you another verse here, though. Acts chapter 26, verse 17 and 18. And this is Jesus speaking to, to Paul, but it's for all of us. And he says, I'm sending you off to open the eyes of the outsiders so they can see the difference between dark and light and choose light and see the difference between Satan and God and choose God. And likewise, God is sending us. This November, God's sending us. This isn't for some other time or some other season. This November, God's sending us to where? For our friends, for our neighbors. He's sending us. He's saying, I want to give them an opportunity to choose. December 22nd, 23rd are going to be great opportunities. The Business by the Book banquet, great opportunity. Andrew said to his brother, come and see. Just come check it out. Sometimes that's all you got to do. Just come see. Just come check it out. Look for yourself, and you get to choose. He said, they can choose, but I will show them the difference. But I'm sending you. And today, the year 2012, God is sending Coastal Church. He's sending us. Just like he's empowering us and he's sending us. It'd be kind of sad if he sent us, but he didn't give us any power. That'd be like showing up on the construction site and saying, hey, I want you to build a house, but there's no tools, there's no generator, but build the house. You couldn't do it. Every contractor who sends out his crew, he gives them the tools, he gives them the power, and he says, okay, guys, go build a house. And likewise, Jesus sends us, but he says, I'm going to give you the power. I will give you the power. I will empower you. What power? The same power that raised Christ from the dead. That power will be with you. The primary reason, I believe, one of the primary reasons that the Holy Spirit comes upon our life. When we were 
prayed for by our friends to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I wasn't looking for some quote-unquote Pentecostal experience. I was looking for the power to be able to share my faith. I was tired of living a miserable Christian life. I got a taste. I'd read some books about people that had bold, vibrant faith, and Jesus was real in their lives every day. And I said, I want that. I don't want the stained-glass religion, a bunch of do's and don'ts, and I feel like it's dead. I want this living relationship, and I will surrender to the Holy Spirit, and that's when that happens. So it's power to be a witness, and our world needs it. This is an hour where the, the world is looking for answers. You better believe it when they hear storms like Sandy come in or when we see an earthquake even off of our coast. We're, we're living in a time where people are really searching for a spiritual answer. Again, just go to a Starbucks and look what's posted on the bulletin board. This spiritual thing, this spiritual thing, this spiritual thing. There's an appetite for spiritual things. And we have the Holy Spirit in us. My, 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 my. This is a good time to be alive. And you want to live an exciting life? You want to have, a, you want to have adventure with your life? Start giving away your faith. Don't give it to yourself. Just give it away. Be bold about it. And God will nudge you at the most inopportune times. He will inconvenience you. You'll say, this is not a convenient time, God. Let's pick another time. But guess what? You don't get to choose a time. He'll choose a time, and he'll give you a little nudge. I was coming back one day. I was working for Saskatchewan Energy and Mines, and we're driving back into town. And my boss, his name was Bob. And uh, Bob, I tried to share my faith with him, and, uh, and uh, he... He just never was interested. I invited him to things like, like a business by the book event. He never did come. But one particular day, we're driving back in, and he'd lost a dear friend to cancer. And he was mad at God because somebody said, well, God, God took your friend. That's why she's dead. And so he was mad at God. And I didn't want to, you know, get into all of that. But he just said, so what is with it? Tell me about, tell me about your God. And I just felt like, you know, God, this is not the most convenient time. One, he's my boss. We're driving to town. I, I, I just, at that time, I really didn't feel like telling him. But that's not my call. That's God's call. And the minute I said, okay, God, if you want to do that, it's just like there is this boldness. The spirit just started to work in my life. And it was for 15 minutes. Bob just drew it. He just, he, it was just like life was being sucked out of me. He was so hungry and tears in his eyes. He was like, I've never heard it like that before. He didn't accept Christ in the car that day, but I know that seed was planted and watered and somebody else will go on. And I came out of that and said, yay, God. Folks, that's a highlight. To be used by the Holy Spirit is such an honor. Man, to think God would call on me. I'm like, really, God? But God will give you opportunities. And so this month, it's going to be an exciting month because God's going to set you up. You just, you just got to know that. God's going to give you opportunities. And if you, if you step out a bit, you'll find that God's there and he'll give you the power to share. Holy Spirit gives us power to be a witness. He's sending us so we can open the eyes of people. Why? Because they're blinded. There's a, a blinder over their eyes. Who, now, I want to share this, that when we go, there's a fragrance around us. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 14 and 15 says, Now, thanks be to God who, oh, you're going to like this verse. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to like this, okay? You're going to like this, because just, just look at this verse here for a bit. This is so good. Thanks be to God, who sometimes, always, who always leads us in triumph in Christ. 
Now, we just stop and preach there. He is not just sometimes leads us in triumph. He always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. People just know there's something different about us. It's you're wearing cologne. You're wearing perfume. You're wearing Holy Spirit perfume this morning. I don't know if you dabbed any on, but you're wearing some this morning or this afternoon. You got a fragrance. It's an aroma, it says. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So people, have you ever gone somewhere and you just, I think that person's a Christian. You just kind of pick up, they're a Christian. You get talking and... I was in an airport in India a number of years ago and sitting there, and this guy came and sat beside me, and, and uh, we just got talking for a little bit. And he says, you're a Christian, aren't you? I go, yeah, how did you know? He said, I can just tell. I could just, I could just tell. And we, we sat there, and we talked. We had a long flight waiting for and we just talked about the things of God. We were brothers. We were brothers from another mother. <laughs> we, were, we were brothers in India talking together, and we just, we just sensed each other. There was a fragrance well, there is a fragrance over your life. A couple of weeks ago, we did a spiritual detox here at the church. It's just like you do a natural detox physically. This was a spiritual detox where we just said, so I'm going to purge myself. I'm going to renounce darkness in my life. Where I have allowed dark things to come into my life, I'm going to renounce it. It's, kind of, it's like a detox, except spiritual. Well, after that event, a couple of the ladies went next door to Urban Fair. And they were sitting there talking, and one of the workers came from around the counter, came up over to them, and said, what is on you? And to use more like, it was more like a new age term, but trying to describe there's an aura, an energy, but there's something around you. What is that? Where have you been? And they said, well, we just came from church, from a spiritual detox thing. And so they, were so, they saw it. There was something physically. They could see there was a, a fragrance around them, like this verse says. The same day, another fellow had gone to the gym, working out in the gym. Somebody came from their workstation and said, excuse me, I just have to ask you, where have you been? Why? And he thought it was, you know, am I, am I dirty or what's going on? He said, no, there is this aura. There is, there's something about you. And it just come from this. Because when you're close to Christ, when you embrace him, there's an atmosphere around you. Have you ever got on the Sky Train and you just, somebody's maybe dressed very goth, very dark, and you just maybe even not dressed that way? You just sense that children will pick it up even quicker than adults. There's just something wrong, and you just ooh, that person's just evil. You can just feel them emanating evil. Well, how much more could God not emanate the goodness of God from us, right? So that happened, and then another person, the same thing happened to them, and we thought, God, you're at work. There is this fragrance that we have that tells people around us and what it does. Now, to the perishing, they don't know what to do with it. It's like it can make them uncomfortable. And sometimes they'll even push back. For years, they'll push back. In our life groups this week, we're going to have talk about the Holy Spirit being water, wind, and fire, and some of the analogies of the Holy Spirit. And in there, there's a testimony of a man, and this man his brother came to Christ, and the, his brother came into the room, and he says, I sensed something was on him, and when he left, it left. But his brother prayed for him and brought him to Christ. I'm going to show you a clip. We'll be showing this in our life groups this week, but here's a bit of his story, how the Holy Spirit was at work through him and brought him to Christ. One day, my brother told me he became a Christian. I could not believe it. He said, you, a Christian? It just blew me away. So I looked to see if he was a real Christian. 
And one day I went to see my mother who was dying of cancer at the time, and I asked my brother a question about God, and I don't know why I did that. And as he started talking to me, I sensed a presence in the room emanating from him, from within him. And it freaked me out because I didn't know what he was. It scared me, terrified me. And my brother said, I got to go down to put some coins in the meat. I'll be right back. And when he stepped out of the room, that presence left with him. I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit of God. I didn't know that because I couldn't recognize it. And I started seeing my brother observing him, and he became a real Christian. He was a real example of what Christ was. The first person I ever saw Jesus in was my brother. And he prayed for me for 12 years. I used to kick him out of my house and curse at him. Wouldn't let him talk the gospel to me. I'd say, shut up, I don't want to hear it. And I would push him out of my door, and I'd lock the door and put a chair on the door, and I could hear him praying in the hallway. It drives me nuts. I get so angry. And one night I wanted to kill myself. And I was crying, had a knife in my hand. I was trying to slice my own throat, but I couldn't. My hand wouldn't go up as high. But something like stopping me. And the phone was ringing and ringing. And I tore the phone off the wall and I screamed and I cursed in the phone. I said, who is this? It was my brother, the Christian. And he said, Angel, don't do it. Don't kill yourself. God has a plan for your life. I'll be there in 20 minutes. And he came and he rescued me. Yeah, you can hear the rest of that story on Life Group this week and, uh, and how God intervened in his life. But did you catch that story? He said there was something emanating from my brother. And when he left, it left. And, he, and he, didn't, he was perishing, and he didn't know what to do with it. It even made him angry. And sometimes when we're sharing our faith, people don't know what to do with it because they see such something's different. We've often had people said after they're baptized, they'll go back to their friends, what happened to you? You're different. You're, you're, you're glowing. There's, you're smiling. Your eyes are sparkling. We had a gal who came to our church when we were in Regina, and, and uh, she had come from a, she had uh, severe challenges, just tormented a lot in her mind. She's paid a lot of money to counselors and psychiatrists and just was having trouble, couldn't get a breakthrough. She came to faith in Christ, and she came one day for prayer, just shortly after she accepted the Lord, and, and Cheryl and I prayed for her, and we just broke the powers of darkness over her life. And uh, the next day she came back, and it was a cold winter day in Regina. The snow was all white. And it was, when it's cold, you can hear the sounds from miles away. Everything's so clear. And she was standing outside the, the church. I'll never forget it. And she said, look around. You see the white snow? See everything clear? You can hear everything, how clear the sky is? She said, that's how I feel inside. I, see, I feel so pure. I feel everything so clear. The haze is gone. She was so excited. She came back a week later, and she was still excited. And she says, I found out. I got it. I got it. And she's just jumping up and down. And she's not, you know, this expressive person. So she worked in a greenhouse, and she was kind of like to, you know, hover around plants. And she had a green thumb, and she liked to do that kind of work. So it was out of her character to just be so excited. She said, I got it. I found it. I found it. I said, well, what did you find out? She said, I figured out the difference between those who are Christians and those who aren't Christians. I said, well, well, what is it? She says, Christians have bright eyes. I thought, what a, a great statement. She says, they just, there's something radiating from their eyes. Because really, your eyes tell you what's going on the inside of you. That's why, you know, everybody who's a thug wants to wear sunglasses because they want to hide their eyes, you know. And if you're, you're playing poker, you wear sunglasses. You don't want anybody looking in your eyes because your eyes will tell you what's going on the inside of you. 
And she says, I saw in their eyes there was a light. There was a life coming from them on the inside. And he does. He radiates out from the inside of us. Well, who blinds us from seeing Jesus for who he really is? The blinder of that, of course, is Satan. And we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, where it says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. A couple of words in here I just want to pull out for you this afternoon. One is the word veiled. The word veiled is from, in the Greek word, is the word calypsis. And it means to wrap around, to cover. They would say a tree, the bark around it is that word, veiled. It's covered around it. It's, it's blocking it. It's covering it. And so it's literally people that don't know the Lord can't see Jesus because they can't see Jesus. It's, they just can't see it. It's, it's veiled. There's, there's something in front of them. So that's that word veiled. It's interesting the word revelation in the Greek is that same word calypsis, but they add a, a prefix which means to remove the veil. Revelation means to uncover, to unwrap. And, of course, the revelation comes in our heart. And one day we just see Jesus for who he really is. Sometimes it's an event, sometimes this or that, somebody praying for us. But all of a sudden one day, or last night, we had a, one of the ladies shared about a dream where Christ appeared to one of her friends, an amazing story, and the veil was lifted. Oh, that's Jesus. And when you see Jesus for who he really is, wow. There's so much misinformation about Jesus. There's all kinds of this and that but, and, and tradition over it. But when you see Jesus... Pure, holy, powerful, kind, gentle, who he is. You can't help but love Jesus. He first loves us. But Satan would like to blind us, stop us from seeing who he really is. And when that veil is removed and we see Jesus for who he is, wow, it's so rich. And then this other word here, that word light, lest the light of the gospel. That word light is the same, has the same root word that we get photographed from. It's... I forget exactly how to say it in the Greek, but it's, it has that word photo in it. So think about it. The veil is the shutter. This is a verse on photography for those that are into photography here. The veil is the shutter. The image is what we want to have a picture of, the image of Christ. But I could have the greatest scenery in the world. But if the shutter doesn't open, how many know I'll never get that image onto the film or into my camera? But if the shutter opens, then that picture will be recorded. And so what Satan does, he wants to be a shutter for us. But the Holy Spirit comes along and he lifts the shutter. He opens the veil. And when it's opened up, we have the image of Christ. We see him for who he really is. And it's so good. So good. So Satan wants to blind that. But, of course, the Holy Spirit's work is to reveal Christ to us. Sometimes people are running from the very one who's going to save them. In his book on prayer, Dutch Sheets tells a story about this woman, and she's traveling, getting onto the highway. And you know how when you have to merge onto a highway, you're driving along, you've got to kind of speed up, and you're trying to merge into traffic. And there was a big truck beside her, and she was driving beside the truck, and she sped up and got ahead of the truck, and, and she got onto that, into 
laying in front of the truck and driving down the road, and then she changed lanes, and the truck followed her, and then she got off the highway, and the truck got off the highway, and she, well, that's kind of weird. This truck's right on my tail here. And so she, she went down a main street, and he's on the main street. She goes through a, a yellow light. He goes through the red light, this big truck, and she goes, okay, this is getting freaky. This truck's following me, and she sees this guy in the truck behind her, and he's just intense, just got his hands on the wheel following her, and so she says, I, I'm going to pull into a gas station. She pulls into the gas station. She runs into the gas station, and the truck driver jumps out, and she thinks he's going to run after her, but he runs to the car. He opens the back door. When she passed him, he looked from his vantage point down, and he saw in the back seat there was a guy hiding who intended to rape, kill her, whatever it was. He was hiding in the back seat. And so he was not pursuing her to hurt her. He was pursuing her because he was loving her, and he rescued her. And sometimes people feel like they have this wrong concept of who Jesus is. God is pursuing us because he loves us, never to hurt us. And so his love, he first loved us. But if we have the wrong perception of who Jesus is, we don't recognize, no, this is my Savior. Don't run from Jesus. Run to Jesus. He's there to save us. It is the loving work of the Holy Spirit that removes a veil. I want to give you one more verse here, and uh, we'll put up uh, which one. Second Corinthians, we could give you lots of verses on this, but uh, just a few. Next week, we'll talk about it some more. The Holy Spirit removes a veil. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, and you know what causes us to turn to the Lord? Is that we don't turn to the Lord because God is going to get you. That really will cause you to turn to God. Or, no, it's the goodness of God. It's the love of God, the kindness of God, the gentleness of the Holy Spirit. No, Jesus, I did not come to condemn the world. I came to save the world. God first loved us. I don't have to do it. It's done. For when I hear that, I want to turn. So when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, He gives freedom. Last night, these testimonies, it was all about freedom. Freedom. He will set you free. And he of the sun sets free is free indeed. But notice, if you get put in jail, you got to pay for your bail. you got to pay to get out. Your freedom, is, it costs you something to get freedom. It says here, he gives freedom. He frees us from guilt, from shame, from addictions, from... Anything that has chained us, mentally, things that have changed. He gives us freedom, the Holy Spirit. He gives freedom. Another verse says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Some of well, I came to church, and the church was pretty expressive. I saw them dancing and clapping, and I kind of got nervous about that. It's an expression of freedom. You don't have to have it, but oftentimes it's there because people just feel free. So you can be quiet and feel free, or you can be expressive and feel free. But he gives freedom, the Holy Spirit. And all of us have had the veil removed so that we can be, look at this, mirrors brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. And as the Spirit of the Lord works works within us, we become more and more like him and reflect his glory even more. You know our prayer for our churches this month? That our church, Coastal Church, would reflect in the heart of Vancouver the glory of God more than ever before. That December, as we have a full court press going into December, that we would reflect the goodness, the glory of God more than ever before. Because he would be in us and he'd be reflected through us. One story just in closing. Cheryl and I had moved to Calgary and uh, we had got our apartment and we were 
it was a, uh, not an apartment, it was more like a, a townhouse, and we're moving into there. And you know what it's like on moving day when you started early and you move lots of boxes. We never wear our best clothes when we move, nor do you. And we wear jeans and we were, you know, a sweatshirt on and we were sweaty and dirty and, and Cheryl's hair wasn't done. The makeup wasn't right and all the rest of it. And, and we were, we, I said, let's go get something to eat and let's go to a restaurant and not make anything. Everything's in boxes anyhow. So we went to, we're in downtown, we're in south end of Calgary and uh, we were going to go to N.A.N.W. because we, we didn't even want to go into a restaurant because we looked. We didn't look like we should be in a restaurant. And, uh, so, uh, but we went by NW, and I just felt like, no, let's not go to NW. There was just this pull from the Holy Spirit to go to this other restaurant. So we went to this other restaurant, and we sat down. We even apologized. You know, we've been moving today, and you can just sit us in the back somewhere. Because and, and we just looked like we'd, we just came out of a, yeah, a windstorm or something. So we sat down in this, at this table, and, and, uh, and we're looking through our menu, and, and uh, the waiter comes up, and and he, and he uh, she stands, it was a she, she stands a little ways away from us. She says, whoo, what happened to you guys? Where have you been? And, and so Cheryl goes, well, you know, we were moving. And she goes, it's like, no, 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 you look fine. But I, what is that light coming from you? Like, and the whole restaurant, just like, it was, it was embarrassing. Because she's really loud and really expressive. And she's, oh, there's a light on you guys. What is it? We're thinking, okay, Cheryl, my makeup's not done. You know how women, they've got to have the makeup done, the hair right. And, uh, and uh, my hair's pretty easy, so it wasn't a big deal. But <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there was more back then. And uh, anyhow, she is trying to explain to her. She's, no, no, it's this. And, the, and everybody's now is kind of listening into this conversation. And we're trying to just tone it down. Have her, we don't want to make a scene. And she's making a scene, this lady. And she's, no, 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 there's something on you. It's a, it's a light. It's an energy. I could, you are reflecting something. What is it? It was this verse. And so after about five minutes, we clued in that God was doing something. It took, sometimes takes us a while. We clued in. And we said, well, I, I really think that what you're seeing is a reflection of God's love in our heart. She said, well, tell me about it. Like she was so keen. And she'd raised her voice, but in that restaurant, it was quiet. And for the next 10 minutes, everybody was listening to our explanation. It was amazing. And we, we, we went out of there, and we realized it wasn't because we were dressed nice. It wasn't because we came prepared. It was God used us in a very ordinary place when we kind of felt our weakest, but in our weakness we're made strong. He used us, and we, it was inconvenient. It was not timed well. But when we finally clued in and we went with it, and just you know, worked with the Holy Spirit, wow, it was a witness. It was amazing. And that whole restaurant, everybody could hear, it was listening to an explanation of the gospel and we were so moved. And, you know, she, it wasn't like we had an altar call or anything like that. We didn't give up Why Jesus books or anything like that. We just told our story and left it at that and let God do the rest of it. You know, sometimes all we do is water. Sometimes we just share. Sometimes we're just scattering a seed. But we take those opportunities as the Holy Spirit leads us. I'll never forget that day. It was the highlight of our move because God used us as a believer the highlight is when God's power flows through you. And this coming Christmas, this season, you're going to have so many opportunities. God will set us up. Those events that are coming up, think about it. 
Pray now. Invite somebody. And we're believing that in the month of December, 500 people would give their life to Jesus. I believe that could happen. God would touch lives. Would do it for all eternity. He said, go. Two words. Two letters. Little word, go. Two-thirds of God's name is go. Go into all the world. And into your world, into my world, the light of God is upon us. His, there's a fragrance around us. So may we have the boldness to give our faith away this season. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.